there. Thank you for joining me. You might want to pull up a chair. I'm going to be keeping this fairly focused today. Um, what I'm going to be doing in the future is to try to unpack things in possibly shorter segments. To um, Well, what happens is it works the best for me if I do the show in one segment, okay, because that is also less expensive for me to produce and all those elements, okay. But what I'm finding is, is that the effects of radiation, things appear very clear, but then when you go to communicate them, it becomes fuzzy, which is kind of funny because I'm thinking, and I'm thinking harder and harder, that radiation or radium in things like supplements or things like that could actually make people present like they are crazy, right? So maybe that explains all the crazy people in the United States, but not my purpose for today. What I thought I would do today is I've been trying to understand how big is this nuclear thing, okay? Because I do not believe this nuclear energy is getting used to convert to electricity. Something else is going on. There's something about this, the word transformer, Aren't they kind of trying to transform our DNA here? That is how it appears to me. So what I thought I would do, because I'm working on several other things, um, but before, I want to settle my mind as far as I went looking for how big are these nuclear plants, how many countries have them, how many countries are planning them. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's, it's something else. Um, because they are, in fact, transforming us, right? This process by hitting us with nuclear and radiation is transforming us. It is converting our DNA. So just in general, um, the business is really picking up. I guess it's venture capital in Silicon Valley has moved beyond the um, scamming around for coins and stuff. It appears to me, and this is just first take, it appears to me that a lot of former SpaceX people are rushing into the nuclear reactor business. And that whole SpaceX thing is just revolting. You realize when SpaceX lets off those huge rockets that fail in the sky, that A, the taxpayers are paying for that, and B, that toxic blowout from those SpaceX fake, um, fake things, blow up into the air right onto Indian reservations and stuff. Imagine living next to one of those things and all of a sudden, but boom! Anyhow, so yeah, it is a toxic mess. So anyway, so I've noticed a lot of SpaceX engineers because they said this former SpaceX engineer just raised $40 million to build portable nuclear reactors backed by Andres Horowitz and Founders Fund. That Andres person is one of the more, well, all of them are Silicon Valley people. Big slob. He uh, lives in the most expensive neighborhood in Silicon Valley, um, Atherton, I think is where he lives, and um, no no affordable housing in his hometown, okay, but he acts like he's such a with the people. None of these people are with the people, but okay, so, so Andres Horowitz and Founders Fund is backing these things, okay. The company aims to have the first units which can fit inside a shipping container on the market by 2028. But let's not let any of the details about how they're going to dispose of this toxic stuff get in the way of producing them, right? <laughs> they have not dealt with the nuclear waste yet. Not at all. 
bill gates founded a nuclear innovation company called terra power terra power aims to build advanced nuclear reactors that are safer and more efficient than traditional nuclear reactors the company has secured seven hundred fifty million in new funding so i had to go back and try to understand if like for example in the last show i talked about in my state of nebraska we have one nuclear facility right but then we also have these power plants so a state might have one nuclear facility and then multiple power plants so i was a little fuzzy on how did the so-called now i don't think any of this is true but but i so i'm just trying to figure out how how they're selling it right so i was trying to figure out how does the nuclear energy which is generated within nuclear power plants how does that get from that nuclear power plant which is in this one town in nebraska over to these power plants which supposedly are generating electricity which then goes out to our homes right because it doesn't go from the nuclear energy power plant directly into our homes it has to go onto the grid right so I'm, i'm still a little bit fuzzy on this part but that's not going to hold me up from what we need to talk about today because you're likely living in a country that is planning nuclear has nuclear or things that you might want to avail yourself of so um nuclear energy is generated within nuclear power plants okay i have one po- nuclear power plant here okay where nuclear reactors are used to produce heat through a process called nuclear fission the heat is then used to create steam which drives turbine generators to produce electricity the electricity generated by the nuclear power plant <clears throat> is then transported to the power grid through high voltage transmission lines and distributed to homes and business for use so i'm a little bit fuzzy on what happens between the power nuclear power plant here in nebraska and how it gets to the, these transmission lines okay And then it went on to say electric electricity generated by power plants <coughs> is delivered to <coughs> excuse me. Okay. So this makes sense because we know that electricity is generated by power plants, right? And it is delivered to consumers through a complex network of transmission and distribution power lines. High voltage transmission lines carry electricity over long distance from the power plant to substations near populated areas. At these substations, transformers reduce the voltage of the electricity so it can be sent on smaller power lines to homes and businesses. The local electricity grid excuse me, the local electricity utility operates the, the distribution system that connects consumers with the power grid the electricity is then distributed to homes yes to distribution lines but i'm i'm a little bit fuzzy on how they get it <coughs> from the nuclear place over to the power distribution place but let's move on from there um there's a big um surge in the construction of nuclear power plants and it appears to me Well, there's a lot of investment going on in this country, but it appears to be another big investment in this is coming from China and Russia, okay? And I found a clip that I'd like to play for you um because supposedly Russia's under sanctions. 
but that isn't stopping them from continuing to um, do atomic energy, okay? And the reason I want you to listen to this clip now is because Russia is funding nuclear power in other countries like Bangladesh and stuff that I'll be talking about in a few minutes here. So let's listen to this clip to get a basis for, and this is in Turkey, okay? So Russia is going around funding these nuclear power plants, okay? Turkey opened its first nuclear power plant this week, and in what may seem a surprising step given the geopolitical situation, it's financed and built by a subsidiary of Russia's state energy firm Rosatom. It's not the only country tapping Russian expertise in nuclear power. Moscow is spreading its nuclear know-how around the world. For some countries, cooperation with Russia is an attractive prospect. It has also been able to offer a type of a one-stop shop um, offer to, to many countries where it, it offers all levels of cooperation from training the staff who work in the plant to designing to planning to building the plant to supplying fuel to taking care of the waste and so on. The portfolio of foreign orders includes 36 blocks at different stages of implementation. In 2020, according to Rosatom, the business portfolio exceeds $138 billion, nuclear power being used as a soft power tool, say some experts. Rosatom, uh, the Russian state nuclear company and its daughter company, are uh, big sources of income for Russia. Um, also, uh, into the future, if they are able to continue uh, uh, with the work that they have been doing so far. Um, and it also... What I find amazing in all of this is um, <laughs> everybody seems pretty relaxed about putting in all these nuclear reactors all over the world, right? And now they're financing them. Everybody's hot in getting these nuclear reactors, right? But then yet everybody seems much more concerned about nuclear weapons, right? Have we disconnected our brains from nuclear weapons to, to nuclear energy? Just a question I have. <laughs> They're doing a lot of wording in this nuclear thing, I believe, to disconnect our brains, okay? They're saying things, they're calling it like, they're calling smart meter stuff like non-ionizing and lumping it in with the other stuff. So they're using a lot of word brain, word brain games to kind of shift things around and make this all appear very safe. So let's keep going here. Different channels uh, for uh, creating dependency, creating strong links, many different levels between Russia and many countries around the world. After the full-scale invasion of Ukraine, the West imposed new sanctions on Russia, but are they enough to thwart Moscow's nuclear strategy? Russia is quite good at getting around and adapting to sanctions. Um, and often Western actors uh, overestimate the impact of sanctions uh, and are not active enough in implementing uh, sanctions and in tightening them to to really stop Russia. So if the West wants to stop Russia, it probably needs tougher sanctions. It's the plan, not the bug in the system. It's just that no one seems to be questioning why is it okay for Russia <laughs> to be building nuclear. Okay, let's get going on here. So, okay, um, nuclear power plants currently operate in 32 countries and generate about a tenth of the world's electricity. Some countries with nuclear power include the United States, Russia, UK, France, and China. 
and they have these five nuclear free weapon zones. I'm not real clear about what that is, but I'll tell you. It is um, covering territories in most of the southern hemisphere in Central Asia, Antarctica, and Mongolia. They have a special nuclear weapon free status as well. These zones are defined by the United Nations as an agreement that a group of states has freely established by treaty or convention that banned the development, manufacturing, control, possession, testing, stationing, or transporting of nuclear weapons in a given area. I don't know what it means. They probably had some ceremony, and then a lot of people just saw the ceremony and thought, oh, that's great, they're banning these things, right? The five nuclear weapons zones are someplace in Tulaco, Latin America and the Caribbean, Rotonga in the South Pacific, Bangkok, Asia, Palindaba, P-E-L-I-N-D-A-B-A in Africa, Semi, S-E-M-E-I in Central Asia. So nine countries currently have nuclear weapons, U.S., U.K., Russia, France, China, India, Pakistan, Israel, and North Korea. Because my big question here is, if these nuclear plants are not in fact creating electricity, what are they doing, right? So, um, uranium is used in nuclear power generation. Specifically, I'm going to recap some of this for us. Specifically, U-235 can be concentrated in a process called enrichment, making it fissile, F-I-S-S-I-L-E, and suitable for use in nuclear reactors or weapons. See what I'm saying here? The same machines that produce low-enriched uranium fuel for a nuclear reactor can produce highly enriched uranium suitable for nuclear weapons. So is this why the uh, power generators are there? <laughs> I don't know. It said the same machines can produce low enriched uranium fuel for a nuclear reactor can produce highly enriched radium suitable for nuclear weapons. I am guessing here because I have no information from any scientific background, okay? I don't even think I've um, talk to many scientists. <laughs> so it appears to me, and this is information that I'm sharing with you that is still in progress, okay? It appears to me that there is a possibility that the real purpose of these nuclear reactors that are so hot to install around the world right now um, is for these weapons, right? So I was, when I was trying to figure out how it got from point A to point B, like I'm still confused how it gets from the reactor, but I'll, I'll get past that here, okay. But what you're looking for, it is put together into what they call uranium fuel assemblies, okay. That's what you're looking for. That's a little kit that they make, and remember, I'm just learning this, okay. When they make the uranium at that nuclear power plant, okay, they make what is called a fuel assemblies, uranium fuel assemblies, okay, 
and those fuel assemblies then get converted somehow into electricity. But the word you're looking for is uranium fuel assembly. And those are transported by truck, rail, or sea. And then they went on to say, the transport of radioactive material is subject to strict regulations to ensure safety. They published regulations internationally since 1961. These regulations have been widely adopted. Well, see how they get around the regulations is they no longer tell people what is on those trucks <laughs> in those trains, right? Because they just had another train which is dangling in the Mississippi River right now. Again, another one <laughs> just yesterday, right? Um, and that train, um, they do not provide manifests of what's on these trains. So it's a guessing game. Those trains, it appears, may have like lithium batteries and more toxic stuff. So here again, they have dumped more of this stuff once again into the Mississippi River. So there seems to be some plan here of euthanasia, okay? Whether you want to admit it or not, it appears to me that they're on a steady path and uranium is their method of choice, right? Uranium and those dioxins, right? <clears throat> so um, what they do is they put these regulations in place and everybody thinks, great, well, the regulations may or may not be in place, but there's nothing regulating that those trucks or those trains actually say what they're carrying when they're crossing through all of our small towns, right? So this is as close as I can figure this out, okay? So these uranium fuel assemblies are transported from the fuel fabrication plant, okay? So these assemblies to the nuclear power plant. So these fuel assemblies come from someplace else, not clear yet, but they come from someplace else, right? And they are transported to the fuel fabrication plant, to the nuclear power plant. At the nuclear power plant, the fuel assemblies are loaded into the reactor core. The nuclear fission reaction that takes place, takes place in the reactor core produces heat, which is used to generate steam. The steam drives a turbine, which generates electricity. A fuel fabrication form, so uranium fuel assemblies are transported from the fuel fabrication plant, right? So then I wanted to know what is a fuel fabrication plant? Because it goes from the fuel fabrication plant to that nuclear power plant, right? A fuel fabrication plant is a facility that converts enriched uranium into fuel for nuclear reactors. The enriched uranium is converted to uranium dioxide powder, which is then pressed into pellets and heated to make hard ceramic material. The pellets are subsequently inserted into thin tubes known as fuel rods, which are then grouped together to form fuel assemblies. So, these fuel assembly places, okay, these fuel assembly places are the ones where the nuclear plant here in Nebraska is getting their goods to make the nuclear reactors. <laughs> Took my brain about an hour to get, okay, so, so the source, okay, now, because they have to take the uranium and process it, okay? So that comes from the fuel fabrication plant, okay? And there's only three 
fuel fabrication plants in the United States. And here again, just replicate what I'm doing in your own country. Look for where is your uranium or where is your nuclear place getting their fuel fabrication from, okay? Where is that fuel fabrication plant, okay? And according to the U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission, NRC, there are currently three fuel fabrication plants processing low enriched uranium that are licensed by the NRC. And this is here in the United States. Okay, we have one, Global Nuclear Fuel Americas, Wilmington, North Carolina. Danger alert. <laughs> Westinghouse Columbia Fuel Fabrication Facility in Columbia, South Carolina. Danger alert. Framatone, F-R-A-M-A-T-O-M-E, Inc., in Richland, Washington. Danger alert. You hear that nuclear thing? Okay, now here's how the fuel fabrication plants work. Fuel fabrication plants receive the enriched uranium in the chemical form of uranium hexafluoride, which is UF6. From an enrichment plant. Now, I didn't go back to the enrichment plants. I just got to stay here, okay? <laughs> because if you want to look, where did this fuel fabrication plant, where was the enrichment plant that gave the goods to this fuel fabrication plant? You see what I'm saying here? I haven't gotten there yet. I'm just, I'm, I'm still baby stepping my way into understanding this, um, all this technical stuff, okay? Okay, fuel fabrication plants receive enriched uranium in the chemical form of uranium hexafluoride, UF6, from an enrichment plant. The UF6 is then converted into uranium dioxide. See, here we're back at dioxide. This is why I have the same symptoms as those people in East Palestine, Ohio. <laughs> this is all dioxide, right? So somehow this, anyway, let me keep going here. The UF6 is then converted into uranium dioxide, UO2 powder, which is used to make fuel pellets. No wonder I have the same symptoms as the people in Ohio. Okay, and then the United States imports most of the uranium it uses as fuel. So I looked at what countries are they getting this stuff for these fuel fabrication plants, okay? Once you know the right words, the world opens up, okay? In 2021, this is the U.S., the sources and percentage shares of U.S. purchases of uranium were Kazakhstan, 35%, Canada, 15%, Australia, 14%, Russia, 14%, Nambia, 7%, and from the United States, 5%. And five other countries combined, 10%. <laughs> so I'm hoping you'll replicate this because once you know these words, you'll be able to figure out, A, where are the nuclear places in your country, and how is this stuff getting transported around? So I was also looking into what countries don't have nuclear power. There are several countries that do not have nuclear power. Some countries have never had nuclear power and have pledged to stay that way. But this is also a trick, so I'll tell you why it's a trick in a minute here, okay? Australia, Austria, Belize, Cambodia, Colombia, 
Costa Rica, Greece, and Ireland. And I'm not saying that this list is 100%. What I'm suggesting is that you take this list and buzz around and looky look in your own country, okay? Other countries have no... I'm trying to share this with you, so first, before we continue on with <laughs> where we're going with this nuclear stuff, we need to understand what's going on with nuclear around the world, right? So I'm trying not to get too deep into the weeds, okay, and throw us off the trail here. Um, other countries have no nuclear plants and have restricted new plant construction, such as Denmark, Italy, Norway, and Serbia. But here's what I found out about Austria. Now remember, Austria says, Australia, excuse me, Australia says that they don't plan on ever having nuclear power, right? Well, but they do. <laughs> Australia has one nuclear power plant in Lucas Heights, Sydney, but it is not used to produce nuclear power. Instead, <laughs> you say tomato, I say tomato. Instead, it is used to produce medical radioscopes and for research purposes. Australia is the world's third largest producer of uranium and hosts 33% of the world's uranium deposits. Nuclear power is banned by federal law in Australia. So yeah, except for they have that one nuclear plant there, right? <laughs> the plant is operated by the Australian Nuclear Science and Technology Organization. And then I looked a little bit more into Italy. And what I, I'm sharing what I found because there, there's tricky ways of saying things. Like I would have assumed that Australia had no nuclear plants, right? And so I looked a little bit deeper and found that, oh yes, they do have one, <laughs> but it's not to produce electricity, but it's still producing the other, the, the nuclear stuff, right? Italy started to produce nuclear energy in the early 1960s, but all plants were closed by 1990 following a referendum. As of 2018, Italy is one of only two countries, along with Lithuania, that completely phased out nuclear power for electricity generation after having operational reactors. Now, I'm not, um, in Italy started to produce the 60s with the construction of four nuclear power plants and some fuel cycle research facilities. However, all the plants were closed by 1990. As of 2018, Italy is one of only two countries, but Germany's now ruling it out too, but really, it sounds great they're ruling it out, but where, what are they doing with all this waste, right? <laughs> so, okay, there are about 30 countries that are considering, planning, or starting nuclear power programs. Listen up, kids, listen up. And I did a dive into two of them. Okay, these range from sophisticated economies to developing nations, and that's where Russia's coming into this deal, right? Um, so, these countries, these countries, including Bangladesh, Egypt, and Turkey, Bangladesh is currently constructing its first nuclear power plant, the Ropar Nuclear Power Plant. The plant is being constructed on the bank of the river, and these are always on river banks. You notice that? 
because they have to keep it cool, but also it gives them access to all of our drinking water to flood it with radium, right? <laughs> it serves a dual purpose. They can help make more radiation for the rest of us, and they can also recklessly dump into those water streams to get us another way. Hey, got to think of all the angles, right? Okay, let's take a look at Egypt. Egypt has considered establishing nuclear power since the 1960s and has started construction of the first there's always four of these things, of four large Russian nuclear power reactors with significant desalination capacity. The plant called the Devat Nuclear Power Plant will be located in the M-A-T-R-O-U-H Governate, Egypt, about 320 kilometers northwest of Cairo. Egypt will be the only country in the region to have a generation three plus reactor. What does that mean? I don't know. Probably <laughs> more strength to kill us with, right? The El Dava nuclear power plant is the first nuclear power plant planned for Egypt. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, the, the company you're looking for in Russia that's financing this stuff is called Rosatom. R-O-S-A-T-O-M. And Egypt is beginning, expected to begin commissioning in 2026. And right now we are in 2023. So um, they're planning on, I, I can't tell you all this stuff about Egypt because it's just too much. The, the Here's a law, if you're in Egypt, you want to look for, okay, that triggered all this. The electricity law, number 87 slash 2015 sets the ground for the transformation of the electricity market in Egypt. The law provides for the separation of the Egyptian Electricity Transmission Company and the Egyptian Electrical Holding Company and establishes third-party access to its network. So this is where they will be, this law, gaining the right to approve different electricity tariffs. So yeah, this will open the door. I guess they passed that law back then and now they're in there with Russia making these plans, right? I don't think we need, it has, the, it has 16 subsidiaries, including one hydropower plant, five thermal electricity generator companies, nine electricity distribution companies, and a transmission and dispatch company. So Egypt is getting into the nuclear business, okay? Egypt's nuclear power plants authority announced that the first reactor of the El Dabas nuclear plant will start operation in 2028. Egypt has significant energy resources, both in traditional fuel, fossil fuels and in renewable energy. As of 2019, the total primary energy production in Egypt amounted to roughly, I don't know about this stuff, natural gas was a source of the highest share, petroleum were next, and renewables and other shares was only 4%. So what they're saying is Egypt is only using 4% renewables, so that's probably how they sold this idea of um, nuclear, right? The whole idea is to get rid of those uh, other ones, the fossils, and just use them. 
Egypt possesses an abundance of land, sunny weather, and high wind speeds, making it a prime location for renewable energy projects. So it looks to me like the plan is to go and sell a bunch of those fake windmills to Egypt. The Egyptian government is cognizant of the need for a sustainable energy mix to both address increasing demand and to move to a more environmental, sustainable, and diverse electricity sector. So yeah, um, they want to do nuclear as a reason, right? Russia is building and financing Egypt's first nuclear power plant. Um, this is how the money works out. The project will cost U.S. dollars 28 0.75 billion of which Russia will finance 85% as a state loan of US 25 billion and Egypt will provide the remaining 15% in the form of installments. Wow, what's that going to mean is that 85% um, of a state loan from Russia, well your tax dollars in Egypt are going to be going insane to pay back this highly financed loan, right? There are about 60 power reactors currently being constructed in 15 countries. All, about 30 countries are considering, okay, I think I've already talked about that, Bangladesh, Turkey, Egypt, yeah, okay, we got that. Um, okay, so here is another piece that said about 30 countries are considering planning or starting power programs. And a further 20 or so countries have at some point expressed an interest. They have all these financial people online because this is, I, I think nuclear is what they're looking at as the next gold rush, right? So I got that from one of those people. In Europe, Alba Albania, Serbia, Croatia, Croatia, Portugal, Norway, Poland, Estonia. What's this list for? Let me see here. Uh, Oh, these are the 20 or so countries that have planned um, planned it. Well, it's a big list. Um, it's a lot of countries. It includes Vietnam, Philippines, Thailand. It, it includes a lot of them. Zambia, Tanzania. Um, some of the above countries can be classified according to how far their nuclear programs or plans have progressed. So what you're looking for, your keywords are what 30 countries are considering power programs because this was all off one of their pages, okay. So here's the actual list, okay. Power reactors under construction, Bangladesh, Egypt, and Turkey. Power reactors planned, not available. Power reactors proposed, Jordan, Kazakhstan, Lithuania, Poland, Saudi Arabia, Uzbekistan. Provisional plans, provisional plans, commitment pending or deferred. Algeria, Azerbaijan, Estonia, Ethiopia, Ghana, Kenya, Laos, Morocco, Nigeria, Philippines, Rwanda, Sri Lanka, Sudan, Thailand, Indonesia, Saudi Arabia, and Vietnam. They say Vietnam is deferred. What that means, I don't know. Okay. Um, so yeah, they said as of July 21st, the report by the International Atomic Energy Agency, there are 28 member states without nuclear power plants that are considering, see the vultures are starting to zoom around these countries to get them on board, right? 
Okay, um, I think that's about all I have to say about these nuclear plants. What I would suggest that you do very strongly is to, uh, that's strange. <coughs> There's another emergency alarm going today. Um, what I would suggest, um, to, because it, it said, I was looking at the downside, um, there's a lot to the downside, okay? I'm not going to go into it today because remember, this all works off the grid. And the last show I talked about the grid in Texas being separate from the rest of the grid. So in order to really understand what's going on in your country, you have to also understand the grid. For example, if you're in Egypt, do you have the grid to support this new system? I don't know. Do you? I don't know. I, I wouldn't have any way of knowing but that will likely be the next catch here, right? They don't have the grid to do this stuff, right? Um, so, um, are they going to, they're always trying to sell us forward to the future and get our eyes off the present, right? So you're going to have to take a look at your own country. Is this stuff that you want to see continuing on? I don't know. I would take a serious look at it all because I am highly, highly suspicious of why are they putting in these nuclear facilities? Is it a way right in the open to be processing this stuff, right? Because it appears to me in the process that I just explained to you today that these nuclear facilities could serve some completely other random reason, right? Because I don't believe it's being transported to my local utility company and being converted into electricity. I just do not believe that. So because I don't believe that, I have to keep asking myself is, is this a real hiding in plain sight deal that they've convinced us that these nuclear things are to give us energy and all this kind of stuff when really those plants are really well, at the risk of sounding very paranoid, which, hey, call me paranoid, whatever you want, I think those plants are there for a darker reason. And I thought the electricity was a dark reason, but I believe, and I'll, I'll be thinking more about it, because the whole idea is to transform us, right? So, why? What's the catch with the nuclear reactor is what I'm asking. What is the catch? There must be some other purpose, is what I'm guessing here. And this push to get them into all these other countries, something is here. And I will have to close for now, say goodbye. And um, I don't really, I, I, my, my instincts right now say that something is up with those nuclear reactors, okay? And pay attention to your own area. Dig into your own area. This is stuff we all collectively should have been doing a very long time ago instead of listening to what their so-called scientists have to tell us, right? So be safe out there and goodbye for now. Meet again.